Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Between the Shadows. This is Kristen. This is Kara. Thank you so much for joining us for part two of Bill Malloy. Yeah. Last time we talked, we, you know, Bill Malloy has died. He was missing for a day or two and everybody wondered where he went. But we did find out that Bill Malloy definitely died. They found his body at the rocks below and Matthew had pushed his body back out to sea to protect Liz because he didn't want people finding out that someone died at Collinwood. And he even takes Liz out to the cliff herself, like just them two, and tells her what really happened. Right, so Um, she could see what they saw. Away from everybody, so nobody would hear the truth. So that's where we are. It's a pretty fast lead-in, because we're smack dab in the middle of a saga here. So... And we got a lot to go, so I'd like to just get back into Bill, and hopefully we'll get it all finished up. Stick with us, guys. There's a lot of info. So Bill Malloy has died, and his body was found in the water below Widow's Hill, and all of the questions are increasing. Why did Bill Malloy die? Was it accidental? Was it on purpose? Did someone kill Bill Malloy? We know from the original story Bible that Bill wasn't meant to die originally. He was meant to live, but unfortunately, they did change his fate. I, I loved Bill Malloy. I kind of wish we would have seen more of him. Yeah. But he had to die <laughs> to make it work, I guess. Um, so this is the first time that we see a hint that there's some kind of ghostly spirit hanging around Collinwood. And Carolyn and Vicky keep hearing noises in the night after they've seen this body at Widow's Hill. Yeah. And Vicky is sure it's David. Everything gets blamed on David. And rightfully so. David, He's David is up to some kind of shenanigans. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so she goes to check on him and David's fast asleep. And yeah. he was like, poor, she said, poor thing. He's always getting blamed for everything. And, Carolyn, pretty much what we just said, she's like, well, he's always up to something, you know? Yeah. But, so they go down to the drawing room because they keep hearing these noises in the night. They keep hearing this thud, and and they go down because the phone was ringing. There's no, there's no one there. I think it was Sam. He was probably looking for Roger. Yeah, it was Sam, and he just hung up the phone. Right. So, so they go into the drawing room, and the family Bible's on the floor, like away from the desk, but on the floor. Mm-hmm. And... Vicky's like, oh, that's what we were hearing. You know, she threw the book on the floor, and and that's what we were hearing. Yeah. But when they walk out of the room, the book opens to the page with Josette's picture. Mm. So that was our first encounter of a likely ghostly spirit. We don't have any proof just yet, but we're kind of guessing it's probably Josette. Yeah. But... David tells Vicky that there are ghosts all around them at Collinwood, but Vicky remains skeptical and insists that ghosts do not exist. She just, she's very logical. She's very practical. They don't exist. But we remember that David, you know, is the clairvoyant yes. one. And we, we know. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and David, David said so. And at this point we don't believe him because he's just. Nobody else has really <laughs> experienced it, and if they did, they haven't taken it seriously. And David's always saying something, you yeah. know, to, to get a rise out of Vicky, to get a rise out of Carolyn, to get Just a rise out of get whoever. attention, period. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and they've kept all of this Bill Malloy business away from David. Like, seeing the body, they've kept it away from him because he's been on such a death kick lately, and they don't want to encourage him about it, you know, because he's seen ghosts, and he claims to keep on seeing them. So right. they've kind of just hid that away from him. He, he does eventually find out, but, you know. Yeah. So Matthew admits to Liz that he saw Bill at the bottom of Widow's Hill. He pushed him back in the water for the sake of Liz and the family. And Liz is pretty shocked and upset over it and immediately calls the sheriff. Mm -hmm. 
and the sheriff comes up and, you know, asks a bunch of questions, you know, and once Burke finds out that Bill is dead, he, he just goes nuts and starts questioning everybody from Roger to Sam to giving the sheriff so much grief that Sheriff Patterson is ready to lock him up if he doesn't stop pushing everyone. Right. He's like, I'm going to put you in a cell and forget there ever was a key. <laughs> I mean, and Burke started acting like that. Bef- when they just assumed he was missing. When he was missing, he yeah. He was at Sam's immediately. And then from Sam's, he was at looking for Roger immediately. You know? Right. And then it just intensifies when he actually finds out that yeah. he's dead. He just goes berserk. It's like it's like he snaps and just, where's Bill Malloy, you know? Yeah. And what, did you kill him? And mm-hmm. So Vicky is invited to dinner at the Evans Cottage after they find out that Bill Malloy has died. Yeah. And... Because I guess Maggie has already invited her before, but they kind of didn't do it. And she was like, I'm ready to take you up on it. Right. So they go there and Vicky starts going through Sam Evans' paintings and finds the painting of Betty Hanscom. Yeah. And this is the Betty Hanscom saga. And Maggie and Sam both comment on how much she looks like Vicky. Yeah. And But nobody can find anything on her. The only thing that we really know is that her father or her uncle, we don't know which it is, nobody knows which, which it is, was employed by the family. He was the butler. And for me, when I first saw this, it only raised more questions. Did one of the other Collinses have an affair with Betty and they were trying to cover it up? Or did Betty have, you know, was she a single mother and she had a baby that she couldn't care for because of the note that she left with Vicky? Her name is Victoria. cannot take care of her. It kind of just made me wonder. Maybe it was shameful for, you know, a single person, a single mom to have a baby and no husband or whatever. Yeah. So. Maybe kind of scarlet letter back then right right yeah. Yeah. but we know that unfortunately the writers wanted to focus on the more supernatural aspects of the show so we never did find out but that's coming later so Burke comes to the Evans place just to crash the dinner party because he wants to talk to Sam about Bill Malloy's death okay and he interrogates Sam and gives Vicky his side of the story involving the manslaughter case 10 years prior after Sam has already told Vicky how everything went down, you know, they found him guilty and he spent five years in prison and that was 10 years ago and Sam gets uncomfortable and he, he slips away and gets out of the house mm-hmm. and he goes down to the hotel and asks the clerk for the, the letter that he wrote Maggie with all of the details on what he knows about the manslaughter case. Right. And the hotel clerk, I, I forget if we if we find out the guy's name, I, he's just always the hotel clerk to me, so... So he refuses to give it to him without Maggie's consent. So he just waits there. Sam just decides to wait at the hotel for Burke to come back so that they can talk in private. And I think at this point it was Sam's intent to tell Burke about what he knew about the manslaughter case at first. But I think he kind of chickened out again because of Maggie. Yeah. He was so concerned about how this would affect Maggie, you know, and he didn't he didn't want Maggie to be brought in on it. And I think that. If it hadn't been for Maggie, he probably would have just come clean, in my opinion. Like, if he's worked for anything this entire time, it's to keep his daughter out of this mess. Yeah. He, so. That's why he started drinking, you know. Yeah. And I think if he if he could, one of those, if I could go back and do it all over, I think he would have just told what he knew. Yeah. Yeah. And, but Roger paid him a lot of money not to say. Yeah. And they needed the money because Maggie's mother was sick and she was dying and they really, really needed the money. So he took the $15,000 that Roger paid him and kept quiet. And it, he, he is paying dearly for it. He's, he's a yeah. drunk and he's going through all this anguish. And yeah. it's 
poor man. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Luckily, later on, Sam really cleans up. Yeah. Later on. Later on, yep. And that's that's definitely, that's coming soon, though. That's yeah. definitely coming soon. Yeah. So instead of telling Burke what he knows, Burke just wants to know if Sam killed Bill. And, of course, Sam denies it. Yeah. Vicky gets home, and Roger wants to know how her dinner went at the Evans Cottage. Really, he's probing for information. He wants to know if the manslaughter case was brought yeah. up. He always wants to know who who said this, or what did they say? It's the same questions over it's, and over. It's been like that with Vicky since he met Vicky. It's like, what did they say to you? What did they say to you? Right. What have you heard? Right. And in, in the original story Bible, again... We, we're not supposed to have Roger for too long, according to the original story Bible, because yeah. he's totally convinced that Vicky and Burke are in cahoots, and Burke has hired Vicky to find out information about the Collinses, and Roger cannot let it go, and they're on Widow's Hill, and the argument gets heated, and Roger takes a dive off of Widow's Hill. So, so really, he just wants to know if it was brought up, and Vicky tells him about what was said between all parties, and Roger, of course, tells her that Burke is lying, and that Burke hates him, and he just wants revenge. Yeah. And then he even offers to call up his friends in Florida and get Vicky a new job so that she can leave Collinwood. Wow. I mean, he's just set on getting her out of here. He doesn't want her there. Yeah. And Vicky, she refuses because she says, I just can't leave. Yeah. And, well, you're a fool, Vicky. And, well, probably. And that's it. She goes up to bed <laughs> right off her back. So the police show up and ask a million and one questions, and they come and ask their questions, and everyone is stressing out until the coroner releases his findings on the death of Bill. Burke is sure it's going to come back as homicide. He's sure one of these dudes killed him because <laughs> because of what they know. Yeah. And because Bill's whole well, thing was... Well, in their friggin' history. Right, right. And so. Bill, Bill's whole thing was, is, I'm going to clear you of this manslaughter case, mm-hmm. but you got to leave them Collinses alone. And so, so Burke is sure one of them has killed him. And Roger is desperately hoping it comes back as accidental drowning. And I think Sam feels like he just wants to get the whole thing over with. He just completely, <laughs> I'd tell the truth, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted this over with. Definitely. Which is another reason that I cannot believe that Sam is the one who murdered him. Yeah. I just don't think Sam had it in him. Yeah. I mean, Sam... Before he started being a drunk, you know, his Maggie says he was sweet and he was gentle and kind. And I can see that in Sam yeah. away from all the anguish. And I just, I cannot believe that he did this to Malloy. It just, yeah. I never once suspected Sam. Mm-mm. Not, not ever. Roger is a whole different story, <laughs> but <laughs> never Sam, not Sam. Everyone in town is just, they're stressed out over Bill's death. It's a small town and news like this is being talked about by everyone and has everyone on the edge of their seats yeah. waiting to see what the coroner's going to say. And Maggie even goes up to Collinwood, right, to talk to Liz. Yep. Because she sees how Sam, so stressed out Sam is and keeps on disappearing. And Maggie just wants to know why. And this happens to be Maggie's first time at Collinwood, actually. Yeah, and she's totally jumpy over it. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, this is the first time I've been here. And she's, you know, jumping at every noise, you know. Like, and wow, it's like I've never been in a place like this before. All the stories she's ever heard has just given her a complex about Collinwood. It was just, it was amusing for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Sam keeps, it's like every time Maggie turns her back, Sam disappears. Yeah. And when things get, when things get too heavy for him, you know. And I wonder what what was running through Maggie's mind when she first walked in those doors of Collinwood, you know. Right, right. But she doesn't get any answers for it because, as we've said before, Liz is the queen of elusive answers. Yeah. She she never has anything definitive to say. No comment. No comment. No yes, comment. she's constantly <laughs> pleading that fifth. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there is one point where Matthew goes looking for Burke after having a long conversation with Bill 
um, or excuse me, about Bill with Liz. And Carolyn tries to defend Burke again to of Matthew. Course. She's supposed to be leaving with Joe. And Matthew tells Carolyn that her mother, to tell her mother that everything will be straightened out and she'll know what that means. And Carolyn does go back to Collinwood and gets upset that her mother is telling Maggie that Burke is capable of anything, <laughs> slandering an innocent man and murder. And she's once again defending this guy she knows nothing about because she's got this little crush on him. Yeah. And That's she cl- all it is. Yeah. And, sh- and she's enamored. She's obsessed. And, and Liz even comments later, she's like, Carolyn, this is becoming an obsession with Burke. <laughs> yeah. And... I know, Mother. I, some days I just love him, and then some days I, I'm sure I hate him, you know, and it's just... You don't even know him. You don't even know him. <laughs> you like the... Anyway. And he's not really trying to offer up anything extra. Exactly. You know? And, you know, we're... I'm sorry. I could go on and on about Carolyn and the weight. <clears throat> anyway, I don't want to talk about that, because I'll... We'll, we won't get back to Bill if we keep talking about it. <laughs> but... She's defending this guy, and she claims that Burke has done nothing to hurt the family. And eventually she does tell Liz what Matthew told her, and she thinks that Matthew is planning to confront Burke. Yeah. And which was absolutely true. Burke finds Matthew in the blue well. He's looking for Roger, and Matthew says that he wants to talk to Burke about Malloy. And Matthew threatens Burke again, and then they get into a shouting match in the middle of the bar. Yeah. (laughs) And it takes Burke saying that Liz is neurotic and that she's locked herself up in the tomb that is Collinwood, and he just attacks Burke, put his big old hands around his neck. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. now Burke has been to prison. (laughs) He's no lightweight. (laughs) So, I mean, it did phase him probably, but, you know, he can, he's able to, you know, shrug it off a little bit and get out of his hold. And Sheriff Patterson shows up because he's been tipped off by Liz. You know, I think Matthew's planning something, you know. And so this goes on and on and on. Burke asks and asks and then asks some more if Roger or Sam were responsible for Malloy's death. Eventually, the report comes back as accidental drowning and all of Columnwood's children rejoice. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Bert, or Roger comes home from the cannery. He was like, "Liz, I'm sorry. I just had to come home when I heard the news." And they, everybody was just. It was like, my God, it was like wedding day or something. I don't know. Why are we celebrating? Right. That it's like, oh, good. Nobody killed him, according to the coroner. But right. there's still a man that's dead. You right. know. However, though, it does send Burke reeling, as yes, we does. mentioned. Um, he is pissed off because he is sure that Roger has murdered Bill to hide the fact that he was responsible for the manslaughter, and mm-hmm. he lied on the witness stand at the trial to cover his own backside. Yep. And Carolyn is, of course, the one to break him the, break the news. To of him. course. I was like, course. did you hear the news? Oh God! And because because she found she she came up to his hotel room to break the news to him, and she found David in there, and she's like, oh, you have another woman up here, and and Burke is so funny. He's like, honey, can you bring in the drinks? And in walks little David. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so make anyway. a fool of yourself, little girl. So Burke storms into Collinwood and wants Liz to sell it to him. He was like, I'm here for Collinwood. Oh my gosh. And and Roger Roger urges her to sell this relic of the past, quote unquote, relic of the past. Mm-hmm. But she is steadfast and she will not sell Collinwood to Burke. And this is when the case of the missing fountain pen comes up. Right. Um, in Bangor, when uh, Carolyn followed Burke to Bangor, you know, he was using this beautiful filigree fountain pen yeah. and, and Carolyn was just, oh, that's a great pen. And, and Burke gives it to her. Well, Roger didn't want her accepting gifts, especially one of that nature, you know, something that expensive, right. especially from Burke. And he was like, give it to me. I'll give it back to Burke. Well, Roger lost it the night that Bill Malloy died. 
And so this is when the case of that missing pin comes up. Yeah. And we find out that Vicky went out to Lookout Point just to get a walk, just to get some air, you know, and she finds the pin at Lookout Point mm-hmm. where Bill Malloy died. Yeah. So that places Roger at the scene of the crime on the night that he died, and Roger is frantic, wants to know where this pin is. Definitely. And uh, he's, he's just been through this car situation with David and who had their hands on the evidence. Right. Now the pin, and he knows, yep. knows, knows his he's prints in, are on it. He's in trouble now. So. He's in trouble. And if it comes up that he had the pin the night that Bill Malloy died and they find it at Lookout Point, well, that's enough evidence to put Roger in jail. Right. And eventually it does. It, it does eventually. But He's we'll, lucky that Sheriff Patterson is a really fair sheriff. Yes. And he, he's thorough. Yes. And so. but that comes up. Roger gets implicated later with this, and this whole pin is involved. But mm-hmm. he takes Vicky into town, I think, to show her the cannery, and conveniently stops by the sheriff's office to have Vicky tell the sheriff about what time he left Collinwood on the night of Bill Malloy's death. He's trying to 11. build an alibi. Ten of eleven. Yeah. <laughs> the fil- the filigree fountain pen is found at the scene of the crime, and the only person who had the pen was Roger. Because he was supposed to be returning it to Burke. But he lost it on the way to the 11 o'clock meeting. Right. That Bill Malloy never showed up to. Right. And I tell you, Roger's nervousness and his agitation and urgency to find this pin is what really had me believing that he was the one yeah. responsible for Bill. Yeah. Which, again, I'm sure is what the writers wanted you to think. But yeah. they did a good job of selling it. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So, Burke... He's not getting anywhere. He's 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 spinning his wheels in the mud. So he enlists the help of Sarah Johnson. Mrs. So, Johnson. Mrs. Johnson, who becomes a staple in Dark Shadows. She yes. is there. Sarah Johnson shows up at this moment and never leaves. She's on till the end. Like when it, we were little, you know, when we just saw like the post Barnabas stuff, you know, like we never saw the pre-stuff. We're like, oh, Mrs. Johnson. She's always been the She's housekeeper been of Collinwood. But no, she was Bill Malloy's housekeeper. Yes. That's crazy. I, I will be out. perfectly honest. I, I, you know, we've already discussed it. We've been Dark Shadows fans all of our lives. And, but we just, I just recently watched, not recently, but like in the past few years, have just watched the beginning because it was never available until the box set came out. Right. And... I never knew where Mrs. Johnson came from. She was just always there. Yeah, I just always thought, well, she's always been the housemaid at Collinwood. She, so, was, she was one of the few staff that stayed. That's what I thought. Right, exactly. But, she, she was the one, you know, because Liz fired all the staff when Paul left, and we and I thought, oh, that was the one that she kept. Yeah, and yeah. So, but Sarah Johnson, Mrs. Johnson, was Bill Malloy's housekeeper, and he, Burke wants her to go up to Collinwood and try to get a job as a housekeeper. But really, just to kind of be a spy. Yes, yes, yeah. and because Burke, he's still he's still on his mission. He's still gonna he's still gonna get the Collins family in trouble. He even finds a nonchalant way of planting the idea in Carolyn's mind, so that he doesn't have to look. So it doesn't have to look like it came from him. Yeah, and he can remain a <clears throat> in between the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. His, <laughs> so his plan for Sarah is to go up there and get a job and spy on the Collinses to prove that Bill Malloy was murdered. And it takes Liz forever, but she finally agrees to hire Mrs. Johnson and so begins her spying on the Collins family. Yeah. And Mrs. Johnson, she said something that caught my attention. It made me just a little bit sad, you know. She said about Bill, she said, we didn't sleep in the same bed. I didn't share his last name or wear his ring. But she was devoted to, to Bill Malloy on another level. 
Yeah. It kind of feels like the same way that Bill was devoted to Liz. Right. And I detect just a little bit of jealousy there for Mrs. Johnson because Bill was so devoted to Liz. And it's funny that he should die there because he was betraying Liz to clear Berg to help Liz. So one thing that I find amusing that I just kind of want to put out there because it kind of, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, this is 1966, here we are in 2021, and some things just, they never die. So yeah. here's, during all of this, Roger finds it in his heart to take Vicky out for drinks because Carolyn was like, you know, you could try being a little bit nicer to her. Yeah. One of these times where, you know, Vicky was, or Carolyn was advocating for Vicky instead of being mad at her about Burke. Right. So they show up at the Blue Well, and Sam and Maggie and Joe are sitting around the table making cracks about the Collinses. Just mm-hmm. and ev- they drink every time someone one of them says the Collins family of Collinsport, and they're like, "Hey, you know, drink to that." Cheers. And it's just it's funny to see that even in 1966, drinking games were a thing, and this one was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I just wanted to throw that out there. That was pretty funny to me. <laughs> Roger felt the need to tell Carolyn about the date that wasn't a date you know, about Joe sitting there with Maggie. Right. And Carolyn tells Joe that he can be free and independent without her. Again, you know. Bye, Felicia. Right. And uh, and so right after this, David, he keeps his word to Vicky, you'll be sorry that you ever came here. And he locks her up in an unused wing of the house, and no one finds her for, like, the rest of the night. Oh, my gosh. And it's storming, and Vicky's scared out of her mind, and she sees the ghost of Bill Malloy. Right. And he urges her to leave Collinwood. He tells her, somebody in Collins Port killed me, and your life is on the line, too. Ooh. He says he says the word Collins Port, not Colin Wood. So we're like, hmm. Right. That kinda, could kinda be anybody. Kind of broadens the... Yes. Yeah. And Roger eventually finds her and does this really childish thing and pretends that he's a ghost and tells her to leave, too. <laughs> you know, he... <laughs> yeah, I, when I saw that, I was like, really, dude? <laughs> Stand-up guy, Roger Collins, I'm telling you. You know, he'll try anything. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Even stoop to a child's level. Totally. I mean, that's something David would do. Exactly. I mean, David at least had the common sense to lock her in a room, not pretend that there was a ghost. You know, and just a few scenes before, we see that that he's written the word death across Vicky's mirror, and then Roger goes and pulls something like this. It's like, who's the child here, Roger? Come on. Right. Anyway. But David is the one this time who convinces her, Vicky, to stay because she wants to leave again after being locked up overnight and yep. she's scared out of her mind again. And yep. But David this time is the one who convinces her to stay, especially after she tells him that she saw a ghost. Yes. Now David's interested. Yes. They're like little ghost buddies. <laughs> yes, because David David believes that he's not alone now because Vicky has seen him too. And Vicky was the one, David, there's no ghost, there's no ghost. So, right. so I think that kind of convinced him too. Well, why would she say that, you know, if she didn't really see one? Yeah. He even goes so far as to say he loves Vicky. Yeah. Because in just literally in the same breath before that, he was like, he, he said, I'd come to your funeral because I like funerals. And then he begged her to stay yeah. after she said that I saw a ghost. Yeah. So during that whole being locked up in a room, Vicky finds an old ledger when she was locked up in the room um, from Garner and Garner. Yeah. And Carolyn tells her that they're Elizabeth's lawyers in Bangor. And there's a payment for B. Hanscom. And Vicky remembers Betty Hanscom from Sam Evans' painting. Mm-hmm. So she plans a trip to Bangor. And uh, Carolyn offers to take her into town to catch the bus. And what <laughs> Carolyn did not tell Vicky is that she had called 
Burke prior to this and said, hey, I'm coming into town. Yeah. And so they're sitting in the coffee shop having coffee and in walks Burke. There's always an ulterior motive when it involves Burke and Carolyn. Yes. You know. And Burke is also going to Banger, and he was like, hey, why don't you ride with me? Forget the bus. <laughs> that ticks Carolyn right, right off. off. <laughs> so the last... <laughs> and it's, he, he he didn't offer this until Vic, or until, excuse me, until Carolyn told him that Vicky saw Bill's ghost. He was like, hey, I'm going to Banger too. Why don't you ride up with me? Mm-hmm. You know? And the last time that Burke went to Banger, he explicitly told Carolyn she wasn't invited, and vehemently refused to let Carolyn come. Yeah. And so Carolyn is furious that he would offer Vicky a ride up to Banger with him. And Vicky feels bad. But again, she's not trying in any way, shape, or form to try to date Burke or yeah. follow him to Banger. She even tries to decline him. She's like, I'm good. I'll take the bus. I'm good on the bus. And Carolyn is just mad that she that she finally accepted to yeah. take his ride yeah. and took away Carolyn's chance to get another date with Burke. So Richard Garner, who is another one who is incredibly loyal to Liz, he's the he's the older Garner of Garner, Garner and Garner. It's a it's a father and son. Used to be fa- used to be brother and brother, but the one brother died and the son took over as the second Garner. Got it. Um, so Vicky brings him the ledger about B. Hanscom, and he just totally says, "Vicky, it's a lost cause. I don't think I can help you." You know, this was when there was a bunch of servants at Collinwood, and this is like a pay sheet or something, and. And this was from years and years and years ago. Well, Frank offers to help her, the son. Yeah. Frank Garner offers to help her. And Frank's got a little bit of a crush on Vicky, which I, I kind of thought was adorable, you know. Yeah. Vicky hasn't had any real love yet. And, and this one this one kind of looked promising. You know, he's a good-looking man. He's a lawyer. He's in Bangor. He makes plenty of money. You know, what, whatever. Right. But right. Richard ends up calling Liz and says, Dude, I got Vicky here in my office. I couldn't refuse her because she set up an appointment. I didn't want to look suspicious. Here's the questions that she's asking. And that's all we see of it. And he even tells Frank, he was like, please remember that Elizabeth Stoddard is our client and not Victoria Winters. He's like, well, what what does that mean? He was like, just something to remember while you're being gung-ho on helping her, you know? Yeah. So... (laughs) So here is where the... Why all of this? We don't see this in the show, this was taken out right before we got Laura Collins. But, you know, we did research of our own, managed to get get some excerpts from the story Bible, and Vicky was only half right about her parentage. We've, we brought this up, I think, in our first episode. We yeah. kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, so the story goes, in the original story Bible, that Vicky enlists the help of Frank Garner, who is, of course, the son of Richard Garner and the other half of Garner and Garner. And Frank agrees to help her search the Collins records to find entries, you know, of who 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 is B. Hanscom, you know, and how does that how does that pertain to Vicky? And he finds entries of two hundred and forty dollars per annum per year for Victoria Winters. And of course, this leads her to believe that Elizabeth Stoddard is her mother. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to believe so much that Liz was her mother. I'm like, yes, a long lost Collins. Here we go. She's a Collins. Yes. But after it comes out that Paul isn't actually dead. Vicky finds a letter that Paul had written to Liz and realizes it's the same handwriting as the note that was left with her at the foundling home. Mm. And she confronts Liz, assuming that they're both her mother and father, and they were afraid to acknowledge it because they weren't married yet. And Liz tells her, no, you're only half right. Um, Liz did make all the payments, but she did it because Victoria Winters is actually Paul Stoddard's daughter. 
and she felt guilty about killing him and she claims that she has no idea who her mother is and all she knows is that her mother is someone that Paul met in Collinsport. Um, she was maybe a resident or a seasonal tourist and Paul left on a quote-unquote business trip to New York around the time that Vicky was born and dropped her off at the family home with the note. When Paul disappeared, Liz told her attorney to send $20 a month anonymously and the attorney kept track of, of Vicky yeah. per Liz's orders, yeah. which I can only assume that this is why Liz hired her as David's governess too. I mean, that wasn't discussed even in the story Bible. I, I have to say though, when I read this, my mind was just, it was blown. I mean, in all the years I've studied and loved Dark Shadows, I never would have figured that one out. I always assumed that she was Liz's daughter. Right. But we didn't get to see that on the show, but we both agree that this was a need to know and we, we wish we could have seen it to the end. <laughs> that is the story of Vicky that we didn't get to see on the show. But again, like I said, I think eventually we just stopped caring where Vicky came from because we loved her. Yeah. We didn't care. She, yeah. she just became part of the family, you know. So Vicky's trip to Bangor is not fruitful at all. And she's getting ready to get in the car with Burke where she sees the fountain pen again. Mm-hmm. Blair, uh, Burke's financial advisor, has a filigree pin exactly like the one Vicky found and Vicky's lost hers. Well, we know that Roger took it and buried it so that nobody would find it. Now she's convinced that Burke is the one who killed Malloy because there's only two pins like this in the U S and the other one's gone missing. And the one that's missing originally belonged to Burke. Right. So she, she tells Burke, look, you go ahead and go back to Collinsport. I'm going to stay here. She calls Roger, of all people. She could have called Frank. Frank offered to take her home. Yeah. But she calls Roger to come from Collinsport to Bangor and drive her back to, to Collinsport. Yeah. She tells Roger, look, I'm convinced that Burke is the one who hurt Malloy and I didn't, want, I didn't feel safe riding back with him. And they get stuck in the rainstorm. They can't get through the... They can't get through the the path because it's flooded and they stop off at a shack and the sheriff finds them and it's it's all good, you know. Her trip in Bangor wasn't fruitful and it, you know, it was kind of a downer for her. Um, Before all of this, in in like a previous episode or something, Liz catches Vicky in her room and she's writing a letter and... Elizabeth is like, oh, are you writing a letter to a friend? And she's like, actually, she's like, I think you'll laugh. I'm writing a letter to myself. And and, and it's something I, I got into the habit of doing when I lived at the Foundling home because I never got any mail. I didn't have any family, so I didn't get any letters. So it's kind of like, you know, at least I got mail and I'm, I got letters from myself. And it just... It kind of it kind of made Liz kind of sad, like wow. But it, you know, kind of made her grateful for family and all that. And right. but it just. Maybe cemented more in Liz's heart why she wants her to stay so much because she spent so many years alone and unloved and right and I just that made me kind of sad. Unloved, for her. I mean, as in not really having any family. She didn't have any family. She Vicky literally had no one. She had she had Mrs. the family well, yeah, and everybody, but no and, family. Yeah, Mrs. Hopewell was her boss, you know. So she, and she became family eventually because that's all the family Vicky ever ever Friends knew. were her fa- were her family, right? So. But yeah, I thought that was worth mentioning because it just, it kind of made me a little bit sad. So moving on, that kind of, it kind of blows over with Vicky thinking that Burke was responsible. You know, they become friends again and she trusts them a little bit, you know. So that part kind of blows over. It doesn't really get resolved very much. But 
So now we're back at Collinsport and Carolyn is upset because Vicky has gone to Banger with Burke. Right. So now she's calling up good old Joe again. Uh-huh. And she was like, take me out. I want to go out for drinks. And she's having a grand old time where she's at least pretending to. But Joe is a smart man and he catches on. He's like, Carolyn, I can tell when you're actually having a good time and when you're faking. Yeah. And um, so Joe and Joe and Carolyn are having a drink and Sam and Maggie walk in mm-hmm. because Maggie kind of wants to be with her dad while he's drinking so he doesn't disappear again. Right. And so Carolyn, they're sitting there having a drink and Sam and Maggie walk in and Carolyn, you know, I, I can't tell if she's being fake or genuine here, but she's like, why don't you guys join us? Come sit with us. And Maggie's like, hmm. And Joe asked her, why'd you do that? Why'd you invite him to sit with us? She's like, I just want Maggie to know that there's no hard feelings. You know, because Maggie had invited Joe to dinner at her house the night before. And Carolyn's being a child again. Mm -hmm. So Joe finds out, Carolyn tells Maggie that Vicky's gone to Bangor. And and Maggie's like, she went by herself? She doesn't know anybody in Bangor. She doesn't have any friends. She's like, oh, she didn't go alone. She went with Burke, you know. And and Tiffy and... And Joe just gets this look on his face, stands up and said, hey, let's dance. Yeah. And I don't really want to. I said, let's dance, you know. (laughs) So they get up and dance. And Joe's like, do you take me for an idiot, Carolyn? Mm -hmm. He's like, now I understand. He's like, you're just mad because Burke went off to Bangor and went with Vicky. And that's why you called me. And they get get into a big old tiff. And Joe tells Carolyn off. And then he falls into the the arms of Maggie. Mm -hmm. And that's where Joe and Maggie kind of start off. Which, again, is a much better fit for Joe than this spoiled little brat. Sorry. Right. But when St- when Carolyn storms out of the bar, the camera kind of pans to Maggie, and she kind of has this almost satisfied look on her face when she yeah. realized there's been having an she argument. She had a slight smirk in the corner of her mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Carolyn told Joe, I never want to see you again, and this time I mean it. You know. <laughs> and Liz tells Carolyn, oh, this, this gave me such satisfaction. Liz tells Carolyn that she is delighted that Joe has finally had enough of Carolyn's crap after she decided to follow Burke to Bangor, and Joe should have taken out a dozen girls by now, and that she should be thankful he didn't. Mm-hmm. And basically told Carolyn that the whole world doesn't revolve around her. Yeah. And so Carolyn goes, again, goes out again with Burke and ends up at his hotel. And (laughs) so Joe comes back after taking Carolyn home and hangs out with Maggie and Sam. And as a girl, it kind of makes me go, aw, because Joe's very well could have just decided to just go home. But he came back and we all know it was to be with Maggie. And Sam leaves and asks Joe to get Maggie home. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where that relationship, you know, starts. And we get get Joe and Maggie finally, you know, (laughs) and it's such a better... It's such a better feeling. It's such a better fit because it's obvious that Maggie loves Joe and Joe loves Maggie. Yeah. It's not because Maggie, you know, thinks that her dad, that's the man that she want, her dad wants her to be with. No, not at all. It's, it's not, not mom's like choice. That. Yeah. It's totally love. And I, and I just, I, I love it so They much. found that relationship by themselves. Right. Not, not with somebody's urging. Like Liz was urging Carolyn to be with Joe, that kind right. of thing. It was all natural. Right. I, I absolutely agree. So eventually... Going back to the Bill Malloy, Roger is taken by the police in connection with Bill Malloy's death. He's seen trying to dig up the filigree pin that he put there on um, at the scene where Bill Malloy died. Burke sets up this elaborate plan to set up Roger to see if he's really guilty with yeah. the pin. Yeah. And so he takes uh, Blair's pin and shows it to Roger, and Roger's like thinking to himself, you know, holy crap, I already buried that. How could he have gotten that? So he goes back to the spot where he buried it and digs it up while there's Sarah Patterson and Burke. Oh. So they take him in. Mm. And 
nice whole setup. Thing. Yeah, nice setup. And I'm like, yes, he's finally going to get his. Here we go. <laughs> in the middle of all of this, you know, there's so many overlapping stories. But in the middle of this, Vicky claims that someone tried to kill her twice. Once on the road to Collinwood and once in the middle of the night when someone was trying to get into her room. Mm. And... She suspects Roger naturally, but Roger has an alibi for the time when Vicky was supposed to, supposedly being run off the road, and it checks out. Now the question remains, who is trying to off our little governess? Yeah. Again, I don't believe that Sam Evans could do such a thing. I think that Sam is a good man who's just trying to protect his daughter. I don't believe him capable of murder. I think before he murdered anyone to keep it a secret, he'd sing like a canary and turn himself in. Right. <laughs> That's just something right. that Sam would do. Right. But all the same, Sam is brought in for questioning. The police want to know if Sam was the one who tried to run Vicky off the road. He claims that he was down at the beach looking at the ocean, looking for inspiration for his next painting. And Sam claims that he may have had the opportunity, but no motive. I mean, what he had nothing against Vicky. And Sheriff Patterson says, just leave him be. And reluctantly tells his man that's working for him, just keep an eye on him, you know. Yeah. So Vicky gets home and goes out looking for David. Surprise, surprise. David's always missing. And yeah. so she goes out <laughs> looking for him. And Liz sends Matthew out to look for him too. Vicky goes down to the old house, and this is this is one of like one or two moments that we've seen the old house. I think this is the second time. I was just gonna say that is like, is this the first time we've seen we see the old house? No, it's it's the second time because there's one point where David, he's like, you really want to meet some ghosts and takes her down to the old house. That's right. And yeah. okay. But yeah, Josette of course doesn't show up, but yeah. Matthew does. And you know, get out of here, you know, whatever. And after they all leave, here comes Josette down from the painting and she's dancing all along the old house porch. And it's, oh, it's wonderful. Oh. I love it so much. That one gave me chills. I'm like, yes, I know, you know, I know. So that was our first absolute glance into, yes, there is a ghost at Collinwood. It's Josette. There she is, you know, when she's dancing all over. Nice. So this is the second time that we see the, is that we see the old house. And Vicky's going in there to look for David. And again, someone tries to get rid of her. There's the old stone urns on top of the old house. And one of them is pushed from the ledge. Like, it's obvious somebody pushed it. It didn't yeah. just fall off. Yeah. And it just barely misses her. And she takes off and runs to the first place that she comes to, which just happens to be Matthew's cottage. Yeah. And she attempts to use the phone to call the sheriff, and Matthew walks in and her, what are you doing here? You know, you know how he does. Yeah, paranoid. And he claims that she's just trying to make trouble for Liz and stops her from using the phone and refuses to let her leave. And I think at that point, like, he doesn't let her leave, you know, and they struggle, physically struggle, and eventually it comes out that Matthew Morgan is the one that killed Bill Malone. That one got me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, Matthew, what the heck? God. And, and like I said earlier, it's like, I would die for you, my queen. I would kill for you, my queen. And look what and it did. And one died and one killed. And he killed her other confidant. Yeah. It was like, what were you doing, Matthew? But, but and, and it comes out, it just gets blurted out because Vicky's like, stop biting me again. Yeah. And, and he was like, I killed Bill Malloy, you know? And, and yeah. she was like, you know, she had the same reaction we did. I, I think I sat up on my couch and went, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, he says it was an accident, and they had a struggle on the cliff, and Bill slipped and fell off. Matthew is set on killing Vicky just so she won't squeal. Yep, yep. But Liz walks in just in time to see Matthew's hand around Vicky's throat. Yep, yep. And Liz literally saved her life again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So that, that was intense. Yeah, it really me. was. So now that Matthew has been outed by himself, 
he is out at himself. Yeah. He takes off and, and, and just, he goes off to hide. Because, yeah, disappears somewhere. And so we get back to the house, and Frank Garner is there, who's still trying to work some things out for Vicky's past, and asks her if she'd like to go to Bangor with him for the weekend. And, you know, after some convincing, you know, Vicky's not sure, you know, she, she finally accepts. Yeah. And she gets all of her stuff packed, and she's ready to go. And at one point, she realizes she's getting, she, at one point, she is getting ready to get on the bus to go to Bangor, and she realizes she doesn't have her wallet. And uh, she goes looking for it, and she goes missing. I think that Frank has mentioned to Vicky that she may have enemies that she doesn't know anything about. And this just happens to be the case, because we find out that Matthew uh, has taken Vicky prisoner in the old house because that's where he's been hiding out from the police because they've already searched the old house and he wasn't there. So he figured it was safe. Yeah. So he's hiding out at the old house and he takes Vicky prisoner because he cannot let her leave with the knowledge that he was the one who murdered Bill Malloy. Right. And he's held up at the old house because he's convinced that the police won't come looking for him there. And David finds him there and brings him food and brings him cigarettes and he eventually finds out that Vicky's being held there, too. And doesn't say anything. You know, he doesn't... Doesn't want to tell anybody because he's afraid that he'll go to jail for helping Matthew. Right, right. You know, the innocence of a child, you know? Exactly. So this kind of goes on for a few episodes. Matthew's going back and forth on whether or not he's going to kill Vicky. He wants to get away, but he can't decide whether or not to just take her with him or just to kill her. Right. And he's got her locked up in that. This is the first time we see that secret room behind the bookcase. Behind the bookcase. In Barnabas's house. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's trying so hard just to convince Matthew not to kill her. Please don't kill me, Matthew. You don't want to do this, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Matthew gets delirious because he hasn't slept. He's he's worried that Vicky is going to try to escape despite being heavily tied and gagged. You know, he's still afraid she's going to get away. Yeah. And he tries to lay down and, and sleep and he hears voices calling to him. Matthew, Matthew. And Vicky can't hear him. She tells him it's a bad dream. And he goes out and hears the voices again. And the voice tells him it's Josette Collins. Mm. And uh, Vicky tells Matthew that she does hear the voices even if she can't. Simply because she's afraid that he will kill her at any point. Right. So he's, she's just, just trying to be along. agreeable. Yeah. yeah. And he's delirious and a little bit mad from it all because he hasn't slept and he's got this guilt. And mm -hmm. at one point he comes into the old house after Vicky has managed to get free from the ropes. And he sees her free and thinks that she's Elizabeth. Oh, my gosh. And But he quickly snaps back when she tries to leave. He's like, he's like Liz, I, or Mrs. Mrs. Stoddard this and Mrs. Stoddard that. And yeah. Vicky plays along because I'm going to get away, yeah, you know. Of course. But when she tries to walk out the door, he realizes, oh, wait a minute. Of course, last second. Yeah. She, I don't know, she gets so many chances to get away and... It's gets so close, and then it's every time, every time. <laughs> it happens like three or four times. <laughs> it, it does. It's crazy. <laughs> so she goes back to being tied up, and eventually David finds the courage to tell Burke where Vicky is. And not his father. He tells Burke because he's too afraid to tell his father, so he tells Burke instead. Yeah. And so he and Roger, Burke and Roger, run to the old house, guns locked and loaded, yeah. and Matthew dies of fright after seeing Josette and Bill Malloy come back to haunt him. Just as he's getting ready to bring the axe down on Vicky. Yeah. Just in time. That wraps up Bill Malloy. That's, I guess it does. It, it does, because the very next scene, or really in the middle of all this, Laura Collins shows up That's, at Collinwood. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so here, there is all of your information about Bill Malloy. There may have been a few things that we skipped just because it wasn't 
relevant to this or that we'll come to later. Because it was just repeated stuff. It was just over know. and over. Now, this, this saga lasted about, I don't know, a season and a half yeah. with Bill Malloy. And there's a lot of other things that happened, too. But we find out that Matthew's the one who killed Bill Malloy. It was a it was an accident. They struggled, and he fell off. And mm-hmm. and I th- kind of think after this is kind of where Roger starts to cool off. His character, you know, he starts to cool off and mellow out just a little bit. Yeah, and he's not so hateable. Yeah, he starts, as we go on. He, well, I mean, yes, Laura is coming soon. Laura's coming and we get a little bit of Roger's true colors again. Yeah. And we get we keep getting them and keep getting them until this ma- this manslaughter case is over and done with. Right. Um but that we'll get to that too. Right. Um but next week we get to start talking about Diana Millay and Laura Collins and I'm I'm so excited. Me too. So thank you guys so much for hanging in there with us tonight. As always, if you have anything to say, comments, concerns, questions, whatever you have, please reach out to us. Um, the email is between the shadows 2021 at gmail or find us on Facebook. Same as always. But, but until then, keep it between us and the shadows. Have a good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. It's the only way I'll ever be safe with you dead. They say dead people don't tell no tells. Nobody ever suspected me. You thought it was Mr. Collins all along. I'm sorry you found out otherwise. I don't want to kill you, Miss Winters. I've never killed anybody before. Not deliberately, anyway. Bill Malloy was an accident. I didn't set out to kill him. We had a struggle. He fell from the rocks. He was out to harm the Collins family. I was trying to stop him. I just know he came to see Mrs. Stoddard that night. And he said he was going to get the whole family in trouble. I know Mrs. Stoddard was plenty scared. That's why I went after him, to tell him to leave her alone, to stop making trouble for her, not to kill him. I told him to leave Mrs. Stoddard alone, and he didn't listen to me. If he had listened to me, he'd still be alive now. He tried to walk away from me. I grabbed him, and that's when it happened. He was dead the minute he hit the rocks.